Big Ten award season continued on Wednesday. It was National Signing Day, and Penn State is still preparing for their upcoming game against the Illinois Fighting Illini. Lots of ground to cover in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm Kevin McGuire. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, there's lots of new content across the podcast network, no matter what team you're interested in. Obviously, here we talk about Penn State, but NBA preseason coverage is still ongoing across the network. We've got a brand new podcast on the network, Locked On Bets. I'll talk to you a little bit about them later on in this episode. But of course, Wednesday was a pretty busy day for Penn State, and that's why we have a lot on our plate today. And of course, we'll just touch a little bit here and there. Not going to go too in-depth on any particular topic, but I do think that it is pretty interesting how National Signing Day has evolved, uh, certainly with the advent of the early signing period. And I think the fact that Penn State has a game to prepare for this week, it certainly throws a wrench in the way that Penn State has typically executed their national signing day. They used to make it a, well, they still do make it a rather huge event, make it like an NFL draft gala uh, within the football program. Obviously 2020 has thrown some curveballs into how things are happening. And with the fact that Penn State has an extra game now to prepare for, which as of recording this, that game is still on. So that's good news as Penn State prepares for Illinois this weekend in big 10 champions week. But of course, having to go through the, the game prep routine uh, has taken Penn State and James Franklin and his whole staff out of what they're typically accustomed to doing for the early signing period. So obviously 2020 has been about making adjustments, right? And Penn State, you know, sometimes on the field has taken a little bit while, a little bit longer to make some of those adjustments. Uh, This is certainly something that's out of their hands and they would much rather be preparing for a game than not preparing, be preparing for a game. So, hey, you you take what life gives you right now. And right now, Penn State's got a recruiting class coming in that is probably not going to overwhelm a lot of people with as far as their ranking is concerned. But we've talked about it before on this podcast and I'm going to reissue the sentiment once again. Don't get too carried away with where this Penn State class is ranking, certainly among the Big Ten teams. Uh, there's not a whole lot to be too concerned about, I think, in the long-term future for Penn State. But I'll talk a little bit about that later in this episode. Uh, more Big Ten awards came out on Wednesday, and we're going to take a look at the bowl projections, which, yeah, Penn State's involved in the bowl projections again. And I don't know exactly when Penn State popped back on the bowl projection radar out there, but I just happened to notice this week that Penn State is projected for a couple of bowl spots. So we'll talk about that later on in this podcast. But before we go any further, I want to make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast, making sure that you're not missing a single episode by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app and then leaving a rating and leaving a review to let us know what you think about this episode and the podcast in general, because your feedback really does help us continue to grow this platform uh, on those various podcasting apps. And we appreciate all the support you guys can lend us. And of course, we just want to make this something that you want to come back to on a daily basis but also share with your friends and your family and, of course, your fellow Penn State fans. Let them know what we've got going on right here if you're enjoying what you like. And if you've got some uh, constructive criticism, we're all for that too. You can reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNitName. All right, so let's get into the Big Ten Awards that continued on Wednesday. In yesterday's podcast, we recapped all of the offensive awards. 
On Wednesday, it was the defense's turn to have recognitions made by the Big Ten offices. And while no Penn State player won one of the individual awards from the Big Ten Conference, we did see a handful of players from the defensive side of the football uh, appear on the first and third team. I don't know if anybody was on the second team. I think it was either first or third team or honorable mention. Uh, But we will just kind of highlight the, the Big Ten individual award winners just to get them out of the way real quick. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Year went to Davion Nixon of Iowa. The Freshman of the Year, Defensive Freshman of the Year, went to Brandon Joseph of Northwestern. Defensive Lineman of the Year well, went to Davion Nixon of Iowa. Linebacker of the Year goes to Northwestern linebacker Patty Fisher. I think that was a pretty much a, a shoe-in pick right there. And the Defensive Back of the Year goes to Ohio State's Sean Wade. So no individual award winners there. As we mentioned yesterday, Pat Fryermuth won Big Ten Tight End of the Year. So that was a pretty cool achievement. And that was actually the first time that a Penn State player has won the Big Ten's Tight End of the Year award, which is kind of surprising because Penn State has had some good tight ends, uh, certainly in more recent years. But taking a look at the first team, uh, all Big Ten team, uh, just kind of going down the list here, uh, defensive lineman Jason Owe received uh, first-team honors from the coaches around the Big Ten. He reappeared on the second team from the Big Ten, it's Big Ten media, I should say. So he's got first-team honors from the coaches, second-team honors from the media. Shaka Tony appears on the first-team All-Big Ten team for both the coaches and the media. And then from there, we see some splits between the coaches and the media and how they're perceiving uh, some of these players on Penn State. Uh, defensive backs, uh, Jaquan Brisker received third team honors from the coaches. Uh, did not even, I'm sorry, he did get honorable mention from the media. So he was on the, the third team from the coaches, honorable mention from the media. Another defensive back, Joey Porter, getting on the third team for the media. Uh, was not mentioned in the honorable mention for the coaches. So the media was all about Joey Porter. Coaches around the Big Ten, not exactly on the same page there. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Another defensive back, Lamont Wade, uh, received third-team All-Big Ten honors from the media. He did not appear on the All-Big Ten team from, or the honorable mention, from the coaches. So again, another split there on how the, the coaches and the media are evaluating Joey Porter and Lamont Wade. Media loves these guys, or at least likes them a lot more than the coaches around the Big Ten seem to. Uh, but just real quick to just to run through the honorable mentions from the coaches, uh, PJ Mustafer, Antonio Shelton, and Cam Allen all received honorable mention from Big Ten coaches, and honorable mention from the media: PJ Mustafer, Antonio Shelton, Brandon Smith, Jaquan Brisker, and Tariq Castro Field. So a good number of hand, or a good handful of players appearing in honorable mention categories from the media. So that tells me that. The media probably was giving a little bit more respect to Penn State, uh, certainly later on in the season, because things did start to perform better, uh, certainly on both sides of the football, but especially on the defensive side in these last few weeks. So that certainly helps. But I think that it's just a kind of a it kind of it kind of shows you that it's a little bit of a, a loss this year, not having a guy like uh, Michael Parsons, who would have been a lock for uh, probably linebacker of the year, uh, defensive player of the year. He certainly would have been the favorite, at least going into the season. Uh, and he absolutely would have been a first-team player. But obviously, the defensive line had some playmakers there, getting those first-team honors with Shaka Tony and Jason Owe. Uh, and those were the big stars on that defensive line. And the defensive backs actually 
performed pretty well. They got a good amount of respect from the coaches and the media. So th- that is something to take a badge of honor uh, moving forward. And of course, you're still trying to grow. You're still trying to improve. You want to get some more quality depth uh, and at least have that represented at the end of the year. And, you know, that's part of the pitfalls of starting the season at 5 It's going to be tough to get a lot of players on these kinds of lists. But what players can Penn State look forward to making these kind of all Big Ten teams in the future? Well, on Wednesday was National Signing Day. I know it kind of snuck up on me. Maybe it snuck up on you. I don't particularly pay too close attention to all the recruiting development. So uh, just a couple days ago, I realized, hey, Wednesday's National Signing Day. I should at least pay attention to it a little bit. And one of the pitfalls of actually working a day job is not getting a chance to really dig into the National Signing Day the way I have in years past. So uh, obviously, it was cold. It was snowy. It was a good day to stay home and watch National Signing Day coverage if you got the chance. Coming up on our next segment, we'll take a look at some of the quick reactions I have from Penn State's class of 2021 that was signed on Wednesday. Before we get into that, though, I want to make sure that you're finding ways to chill out. And I know it's cold outside. It's been snowing. Uh, maybe you don't exactly want to chill, but, you know, but chill also means just relax. And, you know, now with the, the snow coming down, it is a good time to just sit back, relax. Cozy up next to the fire with a Coors Light in one hand, remote control, watching some sports on TV. On the other hand, you got preseason NBA basketball. You got something to look forward to in addition to the football games that are be going on uh, over the weekend. But of course, Coors Light reminds you that they are the beer that is literally made to chill. And that's because they are cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Again, literally made to chill. And it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And as the snow plows are going down the street, you probably don't want to go out to the store to make sure that you're fully stocked on your Coors Light. Well, the good news is you can let that Coors Light come straight to you. Get out your phone right now and go to get.coorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And as always, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Penn State signed the 15-member class of 2021 on Wednesday. And really, from what I could tell, it didn't seem as though there were any real surprises. It seemed like everything went pretty calmly and smoothly as far as Penn State's signing class was concerned. And as we've discussed previously on the podcast, Penn State wasn't expected to sign a very large class. So signing 15 players at first glance may seem like Penn State underperformed, but this was the kind of class that they were looking to lock up for the class of 2021 anyway, because they had a larger class of 2020. Obviously, with the NCAA deciding that eligibility rules are going to be relaxed and everybody gets a free year of eligibility and uh, what that means for the rosters moving forward, it also suggests that you probably don't have as many needs as you may have you typically had during the course of a regular recruiting cycle. So I would not get too carried away on the negative side when you see that Penn State has a class that is bringing in just 15 players and their ranking as far as the Big Ten's concern is kind of in the middle of the pack. And that's just kind of how the rankings go because they will go sort of not just by the size of your recruiting class, but also the quality of your recruiting class. And among the Penn State players that are coming in in this class of 2021, it does have a handful of four-star players. I'm looking at five four-star players on the 24-7 composite rankings right now, including Landon Tangwall, offensive tackle that was one of the big pickups out of the state of Maryland. Lonnie White Jr. from Malvern Prep, uh, wide receiver, 
four-star recruit. Uh, Kalen King uh, out of Detroit, Michigan, a cornerback, four-star cornerback. And then uh, Jalen Reed, uh, a four-star safety. So Penn State's getting some four-star talent. Also, uh, Zach Wheatley, also from uh, Maryland, another four-star talent. So Penn State has some four-star players coming into the fold here. So obviously you don't have the the five-star blue chippers, but... Again, there were only so many of those recruits to go around. And yeah, it would be nice if one or two of them decided to go to Penn State a little bit more frequently. That would certainly help close the gap with program like Ohio State, who continues to just crush it on the recruiting trail. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why some Penn State fans get a little frustrated around this time of year when you're talking about recruiting. Because you know, while Penn State is doing a fine job in recruiting, it's not doing the Ohio State kind of job, which is why Ohio State's going to be playing in yet another Big Ten championship game, and they're the favorite, and there's a very good chance that they could be going back to the college football playoff. That's where Penn State's trying to get, but don't just dismiss what Penn State is bringing in with its recruiting class. Again, it was supposed to be a smaller recruiting class. Uh, We've talked about this previously on the podcast with our guest, uh, Ryan Snyder from Rivals, uh, Blue White Illustrated, who suggested that this is going to be a much more concentrated recruiting class. This is going to be one where you try to pinpoint a couple of areas to really get some uh, defensive help and offensive help in certain key spots. And certainly from what you can see from this recruiting class, when you've got three four-star players in your defensive secondary, that was an area of concern for Penn State. And it's still a little bit of a concern because even in after getting this signing class signed or the recruiting class signed, James Franklin, when he was meeting with the media after the practice on Wednesday, suggested that Penn State was going to check out the transfer portal for any additional help that they can get at the cornerback position. Ideally, somebody with a little bit more experience already is game ready and not somebody that is just coming in out of high school uh, or even if they're early enrollees. Getting somebody with some talent and uh, experience would certainly bode well, I think, for Penn State in the more immediate future, while some of these guys that are coming in get a chance to really develop a little bit more before they're ready for that that full-on workload that's going to be accounted on. So, yeah, don't get too carried away. This is a a solid recruiting class. It's nothing that is uh, too worrisome. It's nothing that's overwhelmingly positive, I would say. And that's why you see that Penn State, while they are ranked uh, number five in the Big Ten as of the time I'm recording this, uh, there's number 21 overall. So it's still a top 25 recruiting class. And I know obviously the bars head higher for where Penn State wants to be as far as recruiting is concerned. But hey, number 21 overall, as of the time I'm recording this, it's not too shabby when you only have 15 players coming in. So again, quality over quantity is very key here. Obviously, quantity is great. But if you don't have all the quality in that quantity, then what's the point of having that quantity? All right, I think I'm saying too many quantities. But I do think, I'm hoping that the point is getting across here. So always take a look at the size of recruiting class for sure. But take a look at what that recruiting class is designated to to helping out. I just mentioned it. Two four-star safeties, a four-star cornerback, obviously a four-star offensive lineman, and a four-star wide receiver. We all know that Penn State's wide receiver depth, while it's starting to look a little bit better, getting some more help there would certainly help. So very curious to see how Lottie White's is going to fit into the conversation there. And I think one of the things that James Franklin noted when he was talking to the media, I think I saw this uh, pop through on my timeline, is they're comparing Lonnie White to their Bo Jackson 
and they're Deion Sanders. I guess they're, they've got a couple of different ideas in mind for him, and that's just how athletic he is. So that that's a tremendous compliment, and it's certainly setting the bar high for what Lonnie White's going to do. So I'm very curious to see what he does. 6'2", 210 wide receiver, uh, again, out of Pennsylvania. And getting a four-star player in Pennsylvania, that's always nice. It would certainly be nice to get all the top players in the state of Pennsylvania. But we said before, dominating the state isn't necessarily – of what needs to happen every year. And if you look at around at the top state, uh, the top recruits within the state of Pennsylvania, we know that a lot of the top recruits are going to other schools. Um, Nolan Rucci, the offensive tackle, he previously had committed to Wisconsin. That was a big loss for Penn State. It would have been huge for Penn State. And obviously he's going to Wisconsin. I believe his brother plays for Wisconsin. And of course, Wisconsin is an offensive line uh, factory basically, for NFL talent. So that's not a bad spot for an offensive lineman to go. Obviously, it would have been great if he was able to stay at Penn State. Uh, Pro quarterback Kyle McCord out of Philadelphia, he's going to Ohio State. It's a five-star quarterback, pro-style player going to Ohio State. That hurts. So you've got the top two recruits in the state going to other Big Ten programs. That's never a great sign. Again, not going to throw out the life preserver just yet. I don't think you need to panic just yet. Uh, but then you've got Jeremiah Trotter of out of Philadelphia, four-star linebacker, going to Clemson. You got Derek Davis Jr., uh, four-star safety out of Monroeville, going to LSU. Marvin Harrison Jr., another Philadelphia product, four-star player, going to the Buckeyes. And then Elliot Donald uh, from Central Catholic in Pittsburgh, uh, defensive tackle, four-star player. He's going to the Pitt Panthers, so he's staying a little bit closer to home. And then you get Lonnie White coming in at the number seventh player within the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, so you have to go down the list a little bit until you get to Nate Bruce at number 14, offensive guard, three-star player going to Penn State. Uh, Khalil Dinkins from North Allegheny, uh, three-star tight end going to Penn State. So you've got a couple players within the state of Pennsylvania, but take a look at where Penn State's recruiting class is really making its roads. I mean, they are establishing a pipeline in the state of Maryland. They are establishing a pipeline in the state of Michigan. And those are two key recruiting areas for Penn State. And the more that they can get some of those talented players out of the state of Michigan and out of the state of Maryland, that should bode well for where Penn State is situated as far as their roster is concerned. Yeah, there's some really good talent in Pennsylvania. Penn State should absolutely be going all out to get it to stay close to home. But getting some of those players out of Michigan and out of Maryland and out of some of these other states, I, I don't think is a bad strategy either. Penn State's got a lot of players from Michigan. They've got a lot of players from Maryland. And those are going to be key ingredients for this program moving forward. Uh, of note, uh, just another player that uh, was, we've talked about him before. Uh, this is a, not a real surprising development at all, but Liam Clifford. From Cincinnati, Ohio, of course, from St. Xavier, is uh, playing wide receiver. He's a three-star player. Yeah, he's the brother of Sean Clifford. So we've talked about how Sean Clifford is very likely to come back next year. I don't think there was any suggestion that he was going to be leaving Penn State, and now he'll get a chance to play with his brother. That's pretty cool, and I'm very excited to see what uh, Liam Clifford's going to be able to do uh, once he gets situated at Penn State. So yeah, Penn State's got a decent recruiting class. I think they fill some of the needs that they were trying to fill. And again, no real surprises on signing day. That's really the big takeaway. No real great additions either at the last second. So sometimes that happens. That wasn't really necessarily something on the radar for Wednesday. I will say that uh, Juco, Dehan Warren, cornerback, uh, 
would have been a nice pickup for Penn State. He had long been committed to Georgia, and he started to kind of float the idea that he may not be signing with Georgia. And lo and behold, he did not sign with Georgia, but he did not sign with Penn State either. He actually signed with Jackson State. That is the FCS program that is now coached by Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders has made a little bit of a splash with some of his early recruiting pickups with that program. I don't know if Deion Sanders can coach to to save his life, but he can certainly recruit. And that is certainly something that's worth keeping an eye on. Again, I don't know what he's going to do as a head coach when he gets started coaching games, but there's no question that recruits that are out there that have some talent, they're not going to shut the phone off on Deion Sanders anytime that Jackson State comes around recruiting. I don't know how long are you talking about Jackson State recruiting, but my goodness, Deion Sanders is having a splash. And he may have picked up a JUCO cornerback that Penn State was hoping to pick up, uh, even though he had long been committed to Georgia. So, hey, kudos to everybody that signed with the program today, not just the recruits that are going to Penn State, but this is a long and lengthy process. And this has certainly been a very difficult year as far as recruiting is concerned. Um, Obviously, some of the the big heavy hitting recruiting schools and powerhouses are going to still do their thing. But obviously, this has been a very strange and and very different year for the recruiting cycle. So I don't know how long it's going to continue on this way. But obviously, it's it's a tough process, especially for a recruit that is evaluating all of their options. So congratulations to everybody who did sign with the program. Um, remember, the early signing period still goes through Friday. And then we'll pick it up once again in the first Wednesday of February, as we typically are accustomed to doing with the regular signing period. So there you have it. We'll keep an eye on it. But it looks like Penn State's class of 2021 is pretty much set and ready to go. Um, of course, we'll just keep an eye on that transfer market because it looks like Penn State's going to be looking to fill a couple holes there. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm listening to Locked on Bets because I need a little bit of advice. I know I'm making some picks on my own for Athlon Sports every week with uh, against the spread for college and the NFL. And I'm actually coming off a pretty good week. In fact, I finally got over 500 for both college and NFL for the season. So I'm feeling pretty good, but I'm still going to check out the Locked on Bets podcast and see what they have to say, especially before I start reviewing some of the games that we're going to be doing in our Friday rundown. Make sure you check out Friday's episode as we do our Football Friday uh, episodes. We're going to run down everything that's going on as far as the conference championship games are concerned and of course we'll take a look at Penn State everything else happening in the Big Ten hopefully no more games get canceled Uh, we do know that two games in the Big Ten schedule have already been canceled for this upcoming weekend with no Iowa and Michigan and no Indiana Purdue and uh, who knows when Indiana is going to get back to practicing because uh, Tom Allen said they have something like 28 uh, cases going on within the program and they're hoping to be able to get back to practice on Monday and, and here's hoping that Indiana does get a chance to play another game because they absolutely deserve a chance to play in a good bowl game and it looks like that's where they're, they're going to be heading but you know what else Penn State now looks like they're picking up some steam as far as the bowl projections are concerned we've been talking about this for a little while now 
as Penn State has won a couple games, and, and now the fact that they're going to be playing this weekend against Illinois, and the fact that Penn State hasn't come out and said that they are opting out of the postseason the way that a couple other schools have. And again, this has kind of been the discussion all week. You know, Should Penn State go to a bowl game? Should they opt out of a bowl game? Should they let their players go home for the holiday? I'm fine either way. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I get the decision to play in a bowl game. I get the decision to not play in a bowl game. And whatever Penn State decides, I'll be perfectly fine with. I, I have absolutely no issues one way or the other. Now, being greedy, yeah, I would love to see Penn State play in a bowl game. I want to see another Penn State game. I want to talk about another game with you guys right here on the podcast. But at the same time, I understand what's going on out there. And I know that the, these players and these coaches have sacrificed a lot just to play a season. So I'm kind of torn because I feel like going to a bowl game would be a way to celebrate and honor the the work that has been put in the season. Penn State's going to be one of the few teams that has actually played a full Big Ten schedule this year, uh, which, you know, again, I'm not mocking any other program for having to cancel some games or having games canceled on them. I think it's a little bit of luck that has gotten Penn State going into this weekend looking like they're going to play a full nine-game slate. Uh, I think that's incredible for so many reasons. And yeah, I think it would be a nice reward to go to a bowl game, but I also think it would be a nice reward to have that time off. Uh, because really, a bowl game doesn't really mean a whole lot. It does allow you to practice some more, but I think the NCAA is relaxing some of those rules anyway because of everything that's been going on. So I don't really know in the grand scheme of things what the best possible solution here for Penn State is as far as the bowl game is concerned. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And if you guys have any input on that, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and know, let me know what you think about that because I don't really know. And honestly, I don't really care, to be honest with you. I, if, I, I don't mean to just shrug it off. But I'm, again, I just feel like I, I understand the decision both ways. I'll respect that decision either way. And here's hoping that we get another game to talk about. But if not, so be it. But it does look as though Pine State is back on the bowl radar as far as the bowl projections are concerned. And I just happened to browse a couple of the bowl projections uh, before I recorded this episode because I was curious if Penn State was popping up on any of those radars. And I assumed that they probably were. Just to keep in mind, Everybody's bowl eligible this year. Uh, the NCAA reduced the, or took away the minimum number of wins that you typically have to have. It's usually six wins per win, per season, I should say, in order to qualify for a bowl game. In certain situations, you may have to win seven games, but typically you win six games, you're bowl eligible. Obviously, this year is different because every conference is playing a different number of games and the NCAA is just trying to fill bowl spots wherever they can. And I think it made sense and I thought it was the right decision when it was made that every team should be bowl eligible and then we'll just see how the bowl season still plays out. So if you're curious about where Penn State could potentially be going, be going to a bowl game, I will tell you that ESPN's two bowl projections from Kyle Bonagra and Mark Schleibach have Penn State playing West Virginia in the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. And no, they're not playing this game in the, the football stadium there. They're playing this game in Chase Field, which of course is the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So yeah, you, you could be playing a game between Penn State and West Virginia on a baseball field in Arizona. And maybe that is a testament to exactly what this season has been for both the Nittany Lions and the Mountaineers. But let me just say this right now. I don't care where the game would be played. I would love to see Penn State and West Virginia. I know West Virginia is coming back on the schedule for a home-and-home -home series in the next few years, but it's long overdue 
for a Penn State-West Virginia matchup, and I think it would be a lot of fun. Now, it would kind of stink that these two teams would have to play on a neutral field in Arizona. It would be so much better if it were somewhere closer to home. And again, don't know what the attendance situation is going to be like, regardless of where the game is played. But Penn State, West Virginia, yeah, sign me up for that one. That would be a lot of fun. And of course, those are the two bowl projections from ESPN's bowl projectors. So they're on the same page as far as Penn State and its possible bowl partner with West Virginia in the guaranteed rate bowl. And uh, 100 internet points to the first person who tweets me the original name of this bowl game, or at least any of the previous names of this bowl game, because honestly, it escapes me off the top of my head, but I know somebody out there listening knows the bowl histories of all these bowl games and all their names, and that's one of the problems with some of these lower tier bowl games. I will mention that if, if, if this is the bowl destination for Penn State, be prepared to put on a pot of coffee, because the game does not schedule, it's not scheduled to kick off until 10, 15 p.m. Eastern on December 26th. So it's a Saturday. Yeah, I stay up late on a Saturday night watching Penn State and West Virginia in a bowl game. Hey, I'll be there for it if that's the case. And we'll do our live post-game reaction stream as soon as that game is over in the late night hours. But just uh, be prepared for that if this is the bowl destination for Penn State. Now, a little bit closer to home, Stuart Mandel of The Athletic also has Penn State on his bowl radar. And he's got him playing a little bit closer to home, at least a little bit closer to the East Coast. Uh, he's got him in the Music City Bowl against the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, the Music City Bowl is in Nashville. It's on December 30th at 3.30 p.m. So you're talking about a mid-Wednesday afternoon bowl game for Penn State. I would still rather watch a game on a weekend or in prime time. But hey, if we get a 3.30 game, that actually works out pretty well for me because I get home from work around 3. I get a chance to get a shower, uh, make, a pot, make a cup of coffee, and I'm good to go. <laughs> so that would be pretty interesting. And maybe we can do some, uh, a live stream or something like that. I don't know exactly what our game plan would be. Uh, but a 3.30 game on a Wednesday afternoon, Music City Bowl in Nashville, yeah, I, I would take that. And I think the Music City Bowl would be a pretty cool one to go to. Uh, Music City Bowl is a Big Ten versus SEC matchup. Uh, it's the same day as the Cotton Bowl. There's only three bowl games that day currently scheduled. So each game gets its own exclusive time slot. The uh, the, the first game is actually the uh, the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, uh, which used to be the Belk Bowl. So it goes Belk Bowl, or I'm sorry, Duke's Mayo Bowl into the Music City Bowl into the Cotton Bowl, which is one of those New Year's Six bowl games. Uh, we'll also mention that that guaranteed rate bowl is a Big Ten versus Big 12 matchup. So that's just one of those things. You know, obviously a couple bowl games have been uh, snatched up from the bowl lineup for the Big Ten partnerships. Uh, we've, we kind of knew that going in, but uh, there may be some more bowl games that decide not to be played this year. And a game like the guaranteed rate bowl could very well be one of them, if I'm being honest. But uh, as of now, those are the bowl destinations, according to a couple of the bowl projections that I tend to rely on and tend to look at on a regular basis. I will also note that uh, Jerry Palm of CBSSports.com does not currently have Penn State in any of his bowl projections. I was a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe that'll change after this weekend. So I'll obviously keep tabs on that. And maybe we'll update this again well, we probably won't have to update it again because we're going to know all these bowl destinations officially on Sunday because the College Football Playoffs Election Committee is going to make their final call on the College Football Playoff, line up the teams for the New Year's Six, and then the rest of the bowl details will fall into place. So, yeah, okay, I scratched that. We are not going to take a look at the bowl projections because the next time we talk about bowls, we're going to be knowing whether or not Penn State is going to a bowl game, and we'll know which bowl game they're going to. 
But first and foremost, Penn State has a game to play this weekend against the Illinois Fighting Illini. You're definitely going to tune in tomorrow because we will have our Football Friday edition of the episode where I'll share my final thoughts on the game, uh, an official preview and prediction for the game, as well as running down everything else going around in Big Ten. And of course, uh, take a look at some of those other conference championship games that are going to be played this weekend. It's going to be a busy weekend of college football. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you are as well. That's going to do it for today's episode. I thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing and reading and reviewing. It really does help us out a whole lot when you guys do subscribe and rate and review. Uh, we love the feedback and it just helps us continue to grow the platform that we have going here. And it helps grow the show with those placements on those various podcasting apps. So your feedback really does help us out. Your support helps us out tremendously as we continue to try and grow not only this podcast, but everything else going on on the Locked On Podcast Network. And I mentioned the Locked On Bets podcast. You want to check that out. But also check out Locked On Big Ten, ongoing Big Ten coverage all week long. And also check out the Locked On College Football podcast. I am co-hosting the Thursday episodes with Matt Moscona from Locked On LSU. So make sure you check that out today. We've got some fun conversations for you over on Locked On College Football. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my college football coverage on athlonsports.com and also find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And don't forget to follow the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on all your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username Locked On Nittany. Well, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much once again for listening. Have a great day. Go want to know today, and let's come back and do it all again tomorrow. Bye.